Welcome to the Buran and Associates podcast, Insurance Banter. In each one of our episodes, you'll experience insightful discussions that you can turn around and implement in your business immediately so you can become a more effective insurance professional. And Chris and I are privileged to be joined again by, by Bob Ford. Bob, welcome back. Appreciate having you. Hey, thanks a lot, you guys. I'm uh, privileged to be back. And today, I think we're going to be talking about behavioral styles. Well, absolutely. Uh, where we were the last time that we were together, we left off with a discussion talking about the golden rule and how the golden rule in insurance really doesn't work very well. It might work in life that way, but not necessarily for insurance. And the cool thing about the golden rule is you can mention it and virtually everybody knows exactly what you're talking about, which is to treat other people the way you want to be treated. So the last time we discussed the fact that the reason it doesn't work in insurance is because if I treat you the way you want to be treated in regards to the purchase of insurance, if I'm trying to get your business, I make a big possible mistake by thinking you think the same way I do. And so we have to set that golden rule aside and we have to start being cognizant and aware of how the other party that we're trying to get to, how they think, what their behavioral style is. When we talk about behavioral styles, in, in essence, everybody is created with one of four dominant behavioral styles. Now, there are also secondary styles, but we're not going to go into that today. From the standpoint of sales, what we're really talking about is trying to discover, identify, and adapt to the other party's behavioral style. So with those four dominants, we would like to, well, I refer to them anyway, you'll hear them referred to by psychologists in many different terminologies, but I have a simple mind. So I have a uh, acronym I like to use, which is PEAT, P-E-A-T, and, and it's a pragmatic, expressive, amiable, and thinker. So when I'm trying to deal with a potential prospect or potential client, it's like, oh, which one am I dealing with here? And so we've kind of uh, developed, if you will, inside the agency, a program to help producers learn to quickly identify so that they can adapt their behavioral style to the prospect and therefore gain trust quicker. And uh, it works really well. Does this, mean that, that, does this mean that somebody has to be a like some kind of a psychopath to adapt four different styles really quickly? It does. No, I'm just kidding, Chris. <laughs> no, uh, and, and you've hit on something that's really important when you say very quickly. I think the last time I told you guys, uh, my career was built around cold calls. I loved cold calls because, well, you kept getting to meet new people every day, right? And I understand you have to be a certain type of person to enjoy cold calls, but it doesn't really matter whether you're cold calling or whether you are working off of nothing but referrals. You still have to be able to introduce yourself. You still have to gain the trust of the other individual. The reality is, whether it's a cold call or a referral, it doesn't matter. You have a very short period of time to be able to establish what that behavioral style is. And so I can 
kind of demonstrate that to you as we're on a podcast. You're going to have to come along with me on a visual journey. The last time we talked about a circle and we were, we were working our way around a circle. This time we're going to work our way around a square instead. So everybody kind of relates to going clockwise. So let's go up to the top left-hand side. If you can put this square in your brain, you go up the top left-hand side of that square, you're going to start out with what we call the amiable or the relator type of individual. And so those are people that are very, very socially oriented. They're, uh, and I don't mean on an outgoing basis, I mean in an importance to them. Relationships are everything. And they, and they beyond all want the world to be fair and everybody gets treated fairly and everybody's friends. That's kind of the best way to describe that behavioral style. Now, as I move across the square to the right, then I'm going to be looking at the next of the four, which is the expressive. Sometimes psychologists refer to them as the socializer of the group. And those people are the party guys. That's, hey, hey how are you? I'm glad to see you. So you can quickly recognize who they are right off the bat, too. Now, as we're going clockwise in this, we've got the amiables in the top left. We go over to the top right. We've got the expressives. Now we go down to the bottom right. And now we have the pragmatics. We have those people who maybe are nicknamed as a director or pragmatic. They, they're very, very logical in their approach. They're very short in their approach. Time is money. Get to the point. Why are you here? And that would be the director. Now, the last style is to go over to the bottom left. And now we've kind of completed the square and we get the analytical or the thinker. Those people are very, very attuned to the facts. Give me all the facts. I want to know everything before I make a decision. So at first, Chris, when you were talking about how long do I have to develop this opinion of who I'm dealing with, it might sound like this is a very difficult process, but in reality, it's quite simple. You see, if you are paying attention to who is relating back to you, you can identify them very quickly by deciding, are they open or are they self-contained? So are they willing to share? Are they very open with you right off the bat? Hi, my name is Bob. I'm a really good insurance person. Can I interest you in a second opinion and current coverage program sometime? Hey, yeah, come on in. I've got a minute. I'm not sure I'm, re I'm ready to switch insurance carriers, but I can talk to you. That's an open person. So now you already know they're either an, an amiable or they're an expressive. You've got 50% of them ruled out right there. So it's not difficult at all. The other side of the coin, if they're very self-contained, if they're very analytical or pragmatic, you'll get a response back that'll say, uh, who'd you say you were with again? And where are you located? And what exactly do you do? I don't believe I've heard of your agency. Give me more facts, right? So it's not as hard to identify these people as one might think. Now, the other side of the coin, if you want to go a different direction, then you ask yourself, are these people direct or are they indirect? Are they coming right into your face right away? The expressive will do that. Hey, 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 or the pragmatic. I don't have a lot of time. What do you need? 
So now you've got those. So once you kind of have that 50-50, it's very easy to do within a matter of maybe 60 seconds to somebody you've never met before, at least come close to the personality profile they are. And from that standpoint, now you can adapt your behavior to be just like them. Does that make sense, guys? I think it does. And then to kind of piggyback on Chris's point, if I am understanding this right, you're looking at the other person's behavior. So regardless of which one of those you are as a salesperson, really doesn't matter because you're trying to just identify what the prospect or client's behavioral style is. And you you should be able to do that regardless if you're an amiable or a thinker or a expressive. Oh, very much so, Paul. I, I will say this. You've also kind of hit on something else. It does make it a lot easier for the producer if you understand your own makeup first, because then you understand what your strengths are, but you also understand what your weaknesses are in relating to a different personality behavioral style. And so it's, uh, it's kind of important that you understand if you are an expressive Hey, hey, you know, I'm an insurance person and you're dealing with an analytical, you better tone it down and come in ready to present the facts. So you bet it's all about that. The success in this whole thing, Paul, to be real honest with you, is humility. And when I say that, people will look a little funny and say, well, humility, that, that means that I don't have a big ego, right? You have the appropriate ego. We'll put it that way. The humility aspect is I can choose to say, Bob, what you're talking about today, that's for other people. I've got my own way. Or you can say, you know what? If I have enough humility, that means I have the willingness to adapt to somebody else's style. And that means that I respect that somebody else enough to say, I'll treat them the way they want to be treated. You know what I hear you saying too, Bob. And I see, um, I I see a lot of producers make this mistake uh, pretty continually, um, and I see it especially when they're talking to carriers, maybe more so than even prospects, is that they immediately launch into a story about themselves. And what you're saying, if I'm hearing you correctly, is take 60 seconds or 120 seconds and learn about the other person first. Don't, don't have such a, have some humility so that you sit and listen for a little bit before you launch into some speech about how great you are and how great your agency is. Is that, is that like that pause button that people need? That's exactly right. It is all about, the producer doing 20% of the talking and the prospect doing 80% of the talking. So in that 80%, last time we talked about those open-ended questions that identify uh, the, the exposure and the need, today we're talking about identifying how the other person behaves and mirroring their behavior so that you gain acceptance and show them respect. And you've kind of hit on something else, Chris, as well. This is something that while we're talking about today, 
helping a producer to successfully close more sales, if you broaden your scope out, how much more would you be able to relate to an underwriter when you're trying to sell an account to the underwriter if you used the exact same technique? How much more would you be able as a producer to relate to your account manager in your own agency when they say, yeah, I don't know, I'm real busy. I, 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 your stuff's going to go to the bottom of the pile. Why do you think that is? Would maybe if we were trying to take the time to relate more to the account manager in the way they want to be related to that our stuff might make it to the top of the pile. Absolutely. It works so many different ways. It, it really does. And if I, I'm not in your shoes, but I can, I think if everybody will take out of this as far as what steps do I take? The humility, um, having that 120 seconds of learning about the other party. What is one open-ended question that they would start with, Bob, in your opinion? What's that one element that somebody could permanently implant in their brain to get that process started? Well, that's a great question, Chris. Uh, you've kind of uh, got me uh, off guard there because there are so many. <laughs> so many different places to start it completely depends on on how that behavioral style comes back at you uh like i said the pragmatic might come back at who are you again where where are you i've never heard of you okay well <laughs> that w that would determine a question that's going to start completely different than the expressive who yeah i've been looking for an excuse to have a coffee break come on in and plant your feet up here for a minute so uh i guess there's no one easy way to answer that question chris to be to be real honest with you um but the and then the other thing I've been thinking about, you know, Chris talked about that story that everybody wants to jump into and tell rather than taking that pause and that 120 seconds, so to speak. But um, you can still have that story, but maybe you want four or work on four different variations of it to adapt that story to the person. You're saying the same things. You don't have to have four different ones, but you need to have four iterations of it, I guess. Is that a fair thing? Yes, I, I think in concept, you're correct. What you're really looking for when you're talking with the prospect, whether it's a referral or a cold call, is you're looking for verbal and visual cues uh, to find out, are they open? Are they direct? Are they self-contained? Are they indirect, right? And once you get those verbal or visual cues, then the natural adaptation starts to roll out. So I don't know, Paul, what I heard you say is, do I have to have a prepared comment or a prepared opening question for each of these styles? I, I don't think so. I, I think it's more once you're attuned to how they're behaving and you get the visual verbal cue from them, that question will be flexible as as you go along. So. What role, I'm thinking of young people coming, young producers, what role does confidence play in holding back in that initial conversation? Confidence is gained by jumping in and giving it a try. Um, this type of thing is a study that what we're talking about is a study that's going to take a while. So you have to give yourself a little bit of patience and say, I'm not going to learn this overnight. 
but I'm going to start by diving in and practicing. And what I tell producers all the time is practice on each other, practice on your coworker, practice on your account manager, practice on your underwriter, just give it a shot. And the first time that you're going to go in, you might only discover, are they open or are they self-contained? That's fine. But by the time then you've done this 25 times, you'll be much, much more adept at doing it. If you're looking for an opening for training for a young producer in this, because you say, well, Bob, this sounds kind of cool, but how, how do I, I mean, where do I start? Okay, so I don't know the gentleman. I have no clue. I have no paid endorsement. There is no reason for me to mention this on this podcast other than I can tell you one excellent area to start. There's a guy by the name of Tony Alessandra, and he is kind of the guru of this whole personality behavioral style thing. And he's got an excellent auditory uh, uh, set of CDs, maybe by these, this, in this day and age, it might be downloadable as well. Uh, but it's called Relationship Strategies. And he will walk you through from square one to advanced on how to do this whole technique. So for younger producers, get it. When you're out making sales calls, you're driving around town, put it on, listen to it bits and pieces at a time. It will start to make sense after you've uh, completed that. I appreciate that. I hadn't, uh, um, I hadn't seen Tony's name in a while, but um, that brings back good memories. He has been out there a long time. And this isn't just a one-time thing, right? You, you don't just use it for your intro and then, and then revert back to whatever it was you were doing before you, you got to keep this going. And, and that gives you the chance to practice as you continue to convert the prospects to clients, right? Oh, Paul, this is so important. You've hit on a, a super important thing. Look, we're, we've been talking about the first 120 seconds that you meet somebody. What about insulating a customer for life? How many years has this client been your client? How many years have they said, I'll take the renewal? I've got people in my own book of business who have literally been with me for 40 years, some for 30, some for 20. I'd hate to give away my age, right? But from the same standpoint, you have to keep this up. You've got to continue to broadcast to the client that you have their best interest in mind and you're able to relate to them in the way they want to be related to. So yes, it is a very long-term behavior that uh, will lead to your success. Well, Bob, thanks for another great uh, conversation and Chris for, for the insights you've had. This is uh, something that I think almost all producers struggle with and especially bringing folks new into the industry, how to get them thinking about becoming successful and making it a long-term career. It is. It's so, I, you know, on the one last point for me, um, I love the approach because it's doable for everybody. It's a pretty soft approach and it's one that requires um, practice at many levels in it, but it can be done in a safe environment. It, 
And I know a lot of people get really nervous. I can't go practice. I may not ever make another sale if I fail the first time out. I'm scared to death, you know, but this is the play, an example where you can create very safe environments to learn it. And you're not in the real, necessarily in the real sales world as you're practicing. Um, it's, it's really, really fantastic. Um, and I think the other part about it is the listening. I've been in the industry now. Somebody said to me the other uh, this week at dinner, they said, how long have you been in the industry, Chris? And I said, well, I've only been in the industry 37 years. And they go, well, I've been in the industry 50. And to Bob's point is, is that a listener? And I think the listening is where the wins are. Couldn't agree more. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much again. And speaking of listening, we appreciate everybody taking the time to listen and look forward to talking to you next time.